0: James chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. It says, what causes quarrels and causes fights among you? Is it not your passions are at war within you? So that was kind of my passion. I was getting up, and I wanted to get out there and get going. And God knows all that. You go, you got motorcycles to fix and yard to cut and trash to take out and the weeds, you got to spray. And doesn't God understand all that? And the answer is Yes. Uh, it says you desire, verse 2, you do not have, so you murder. So in this context, murder just means you're slandering people or you're crawling over people. You covet, you cannot tame, obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Um. So you don't work more and work overtime so you can spend it on more toys necessarily. It's okay to have toys as long as the toys don't have you. Amen. We all know that you can look at your garage and see all the stuff or in your basement, all the stuff that's in your basement that will end up in a yard sale one day. Oh, man, this is the greatest thing at all times. And then you're in a yard sale within a couple of years. Or you're giving it away because nobody would buy You ever go to a yard sale? I just got to say this, and I'll get back to preaching. You go to a yard. I don't, I don't go to them often because I don't want to buy other people's junk. But um, And you get some yard, spe- yard sale experts like the old ladies, and they're like, and something might be a quarter for a bicycle. There's a quarter for the bicycle. Will you take a dime? I'm like, do you, you need to save fifteen cents on a on a bike? That's just the way I think. I thought I'd tell you about it. I feel better now. Go to four three. <laughs> so, so at least I'm awake. So at the last service I'm I'm praising God and Bruce is playing three songs and then afterwards I'm looking around and everybody's like, Is he gonna get up there and preach? And Bruce is like, It's your turn. I was like, Oh man, I didn't even know. I forgot where I was. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at today, but what the heck? Uh, When my wife's out of town, I just think they just, you know, it gets, you know, after like softball last night, Debbie, I just came in. And when your wife's not around, hopefully she ain't watching this, but (laughs) you just take your softball bag, Chuck, and you just like, just throw it. (laughs) Wherever it lands, I just go to bed and sleep real well. But you're like, man, you better wake up and clean the house and everything. Uh, oh, I forgot to unload the dishwasher, anyways. You ask, you do not receive because you ask wrongly and spend it on your passions, you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? So, trying to be a friend of the world and, and friend of God, that's going to be a tough thing to do. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy with God. Or you do not suppose that it's, or you. Or do you suppose it is no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealousy over the spirit that has made to dwell in us? What does all that mean? It's kind of the, theologically kind of um, confusing. And what that means is the Holy Spirit dwells in you if you're a believer and he wants to take over your whole life and not just part of it. From, from the habits to the language to the maybe even the thought pattern. And uh, I was thinking about that when I was riding home yesterday. I was on my bike, and I was just thinking, I was like, man, this is such a, this is such a great opportunity to witness to a lot of people. And, uh, and I want to make sure that, that I'm saying the right things to the right people. So in order for that to happen, I need to let the Holy Spirit take over. And because, you know, I mean, you don't want to get like, in a, say, I don't want to get in a mood. Where you're like, you know what, you know somebody needs to be witness to, and you're like, God, I'm in a hurry, I'm in a gas station, i got to go. And they're probably a heathen anyways. Um, make sure that you give, the Holy Spirit, uh, give your life over to the Holy Spirit in the area of speech as well. Amen? And action. Verse 6, he says, But he gives grace more, more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves... Therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Um, And and he talks about cleansing yourself and being double-minded. We don't want to be double-minded. We'll pray over that. So this summer, while you're out there in the highways and the byways and doing all the things you're doing, remember God's there tapping his foot, waiting for you to spend some time with him in the morning. Amen? Uh, So let's pray on that note, and we'll ask God to help us out with the rest of the message today. So, Father... Oh, Lord, we're busy, so busy, we can hardly fit everything in, but we want to start by making sure we spend time with you and we develop that discipline like we would with any good habit uh, as we draw closer to you, Lord. We just pray uh, for divine revelation today. We pray that the offering's blessed, the hands that give are blessed, and everybody that's here and watching the broadcast is blessed, and we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So applaud the Lord, let the offering be picked up and turn with me. End Mark chapter 14, and we will be talking about uh, keeping God close through prayer. Um, so, and then we're going to be going in and talking about the Apostle Paul and how he mirrors Christ with keeping uh, Christ first in his life, and we'll be in Philippians and Ephesians. But let's start back here in, in the book of Mark and uh, just kind of listen to the way Jesus carries himself. Uh, through this part of the scripture. We just went through this a couple weeks ago uh, before we went into our Easter celebration. I preached on this on Friday night on a Good Friday service. It says, and they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, say this, read this with me, sit here while I pray. I want to talk about that for just a second. So a lot of times um, when... You're working with people, and they're not at the same level you're at. You want to give them some basics just so they can get into the game. Maybe a journeyman to an apprentice. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about there? Just journeyman. And a lot of times we get frustrated with apprentice, and you end up grabbing it from them and doing it yourself. Say it with me. I'll do it myself. The problem is they never learn anything. And they don't do it as fast as you do, and they surely don't do it as good as you do because nobody can do it as good as you do. Amen? So Jesus has given these cats some very basic instruction. And I, I think that I could probably even follow these directions. Let's see what it says. What does it require? Sit here while I go pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John. This is his nucleus, so you need a nucleus. Jesus had a nucleus. He went off to pray, but he always came back to his nucleus. You have to have a nucleus if you're going to follow the Lord, an accountability group. And then your bigger group is your church and everything. But everybody needs a nucleus. You can't do this thing on your own. Amen. So he says, and he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch. So now he's up in the ante just a little bit here, and I thought I'd just talk about this a little bit. So we're going to emphasize on prayer, but he gives these guys instructions. Um, And we've read the story before, and we find out that Peter falls asleep and all this kind of thing. So he says, sit here while I pray. It's kind of like a, a time out for the apostles. Amen? Amen. Many of you guys ever do timeouts? I mean, we never had that when I was uh, young. Mr. Cope. it was just, you know, shut up. Uh, you know, I was walking out of church one day and somebody said something to me like, yeah, my mom uses the spoon too. You know, I mean, they don't do it anymore. But back when we was growing up, it was the spoon. Or the shoe or the yardstick. Um, uh, Remain here and watch. So now he ups it. He says, sit here and pray. And then now here in 34, he says, remain here and watch. Just just look around. Be attentive to what's going on. Basically, he's trying to tell these guys don't fall asleep. Then going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if it were possible that the hour might pass from him. He's going, you know what? I know what's going to happen. I'm going to end up having to go to Calvary. I'm going to end up getting hung on the cross. I know all this is going on. So being human, being fully God all at the same time, he didn't want to go through it, but what does he say? He says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Say it with me, class, yet not what I will. Man, that's a heck of a deal right there. Uh, and that's that's really kind of unpopular. And as Christians right now, living in 2022 and living in the Western world, we're not into suffering too much, amen. And we and I've told you before at church we think, you know, not having hot coffee or getting too warm in the building is suffering. <laughs> he took my parking spot. <laughs> Say this when he's sitting in my chair. <laughs> Oh, not here. I mean, like at other places, he's sitting in my Yeah, uh, You know, and that's okay. But that's not suffering, even if you think it is. Uh, turn with me into Philippians 3.10. So we're going to look at how the Apostle Paul mirrors. So I'm trying to keep you close to the summer to the Lord. And I told you, man, I had the windows open. When my wife's gone, I threw open the windows. And I'm like, yeah, man, and I'm just kind of. Drinking my coffee, and if I spill a little bit, we kind of wipe it up with your sock, one of those. <laughs> Guys do that. I don't know if you know that. The sock doubles as a... just like that. Oh, yeah. You didn't see it. Uh, I know she's probably driving down the road watching this right now. So um, let's see what the Apostle Paul does here in Philippians 3.10. So he's getting to the end of his life. And uh, and he pops this one out. And I've, I've kind of preached on it and talked about it before. But I want to expound on this just a little bit more. So in this prayer life. So he's praying to the Lord. He's talking to the church in, uh, in Philippi. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He want, he's praying to the Lord two things. That I may know him and that I may know the power of the resurrection. I'll work backwards for just a minute. The power of His resurrection—that's that's what made Jesus the Messiah to complete His uh, His task. He had to be killed on a cross, buried in a tomb, and raised three days later and conquer in conquering the grave. Amen. The power of His resurrection and what raised Him from the dead was the power of the Holy Spirit. The same thing that raised you from the dead before you became a believer. Amen. So we got that part, the power of the resurrection. And I think about this, and the Apostle Paul says, I want to know him better. Where does that put me? He writes 13 books in the New Testament. He's been shipwrecked, stoned, Bill left outside the city gates, persecuted everywhere he goes, bitten, and all all that on an island and the, the shipwreck and everything. Man, you talk about inconvenience. I thought Quick Trip not being open was inconvenient. You remember that, like you were going through COVID, and you're like, "Oh man, how am I ever going to make it down the highway? It's a, it's cold, you know, it's closed, and you're hoping like, hopefully they'll build a drive-through or something so I can get there." Uh, this is a real issue right here. He says, "I want to know him better," so that's kind of humbling to me. It's like he wants to know. Uh, Christ better. Christ wants to get closer to the Father. He's not worried about his will, but the Father's will being done in his life. And sometimes being a Christian is inconvenient, and it's tough, and and all of that stuff. And you got to be kind all summer long and all that. It's like, oh, man, that really got in my... It's like getting in your Kool-Aid, you know, when your mom's going, be nice. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. She always said that to me. I was like, man, that... Uh, so there's one more on here that I shared with the, with the church last night and, and shared with the church this morning. He wants to know about the power of his resurrection. And what does he want to do? He wants to share in his suffering. Yee, suffering. Any of you guys went through COVID before? Where you, where you just kind of felt like you were going to die and, you're, and then you were begging God, man, I hope I make it through and all these kind of things. This kind of suffering isn't necessarily what he's talking about here. He goes, I want to share in the pain of carrying the cross at Calvary for Jesus Christ. And I know I'm going to be persecuted. I know my family will be divided. I know people are going to talk about me and, and, and they may not even hang around me. Some of your friends don't even hang around you anymore because you're a Jesus freak. Just say, I'm okay with it. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. I'm out of the cool club, huh? Amen. The power of the resurrection and, and sharing his suffering, and then what does he say? Becoming like him in his death. So each day, you know, we have to die to self. So, so you have to become, he has to become greater, and I have to become less. So it's, it's, it's more of Christ in, in this discipline. You know, like I told you Saturday morning, I was wanting to get up and get all these projects done. And God's going, hey, you need to spend some time here with me. And I go, don't you understand, God, what I got to do today? He's like, uh, yeah, I do. And you need to spend time with me today. Amen. On a, on a sunny Saturday morning, man, that's a heck of a discipline for a guy like me. I want to get my hands on something, you know, like I want to cut or weed whack or ride or do something like that. So I feel like I've really done something. But when you've really done something for Christ, you know you've really done something. Amen. Amen. Where's the church at? <laughs> Turn with me just a couple pages back in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 3. And he, he kind of he unleashes the whole thought here about this being spiritually strong. So here it is. He says... For this reason, 314 in Ephesians, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. So that means that he gets in, a, in this spiritual posture and he, uh, he goes to the Lord in prayer and, uh, and he says from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power. Let's stop there for just a second. And this isn't a physical strength. This is a supernatural strength that you can only get from God. How do you carry on after something like that? Only through the power of the Lord. Amen. I said only through the power of God. Amen. Um, Life's tough. It's tougher if Christ isn't in your life. I mean, life's still. Let's be honest. Life is pretty tough, but it's tougher when you don't have Jesus in your life. Amen. Um, I was, uh, when, when I got out to, uh, so I'm, I'm driving on the highway, and I'm going to church like everybody, and you know, I'm, I'm heading out to Warrington, and I'm, I'm, I'm on my bike, and I got the tunes up, and I'm just, and I'm like, oh, man, this is so cool. And I had to be reminded that God allowed me to experience this once again. And, and, and don't take things for granted because they're not always there. And, and, I, and I think about that and I thought, you know, God has blessed me so much. I mean, I've been riding a motorcycle for uh, almost 50 years. I've been, I was like almost born on a motorcycle. So I, And I still love it as much or more than I did the first time I ever got on a bike. And I'm driving down the road and I go, man, I get to experience all this goodness and, and this air and all these people are all going somewhere and I get to share in this uh, because God come and save my soul. Amen. Amen. So all these good things that you're experiencing today and all that, and don't worry if it's a rainy day. He's just watering the crops today. It, it ain't no big deal. We'll do blessing of the bikes uh, here next week. It's okay. Um, and And God has a plan for your life. So Back to this thought here in in verse 16. He said that we're strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And today when you got up, you may not even have felt like uh, coming to church, but something inside of you was welling up inside of you or prompting you or, 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 or pushing you. That's God's spirit getting you together with other believers so you could be encouraged. Amen. And not just encouraged, but you're encouraging everybody else. You're like, man, what are you doing here? I'm just getting encouraged just like you are, man. I'm setting myself up for a successful week. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And I want to pause just for a second because we're kind of all living in, did I tell you about this? We're kind of all living in pretend world. Did I say that in in this service yet? So, we're, so like, uh, we're in a pretend world where, where uh, people want to do things that are kind of crazy. My dad would call them crazy, you know. People want to dress like dogs and cats, and, and, and boys want to dress like girls. Girls want to dress like boys. And somebody, The reason I'm saying this is because somebody sent me an emoji the other day. I don't know if I told you this. Uh, and it's kind of a pretend world. Say pretend. So back when I was young, we that's kind of what we had. We Miss Chittenden my uh, my mom and dad would send us outside and we had to pretend to do something. We would, like if you had a Tonka toy, you would roll it through the dirt and pretend like you're moving all the dirt in the world and all that. And, that. and toys were actually metal and they actually you know and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and whatever. And yeah, you know, some of you guys chewed on lead paint or whatever. What the heck? <laughs> we don't like to do that because we heard. <laughs> And then I remember some of the, my greatest memories that like one time my mom, or a couple of times my mom allowed us, she, she put like a, a bath towel around her neck and put a clothespin there, and then automatically one that once it was a cape, I was Superman. Yes. Superman with the cape, oh yeah, man, flexing on you. And Oh, Angie and I jump off the couch, and almost for a second, burger, I was flying. Oh, don't get me started on the new tennis shoes. Oh, you get new tennis shoes. You're a little faster than you was before. <laughs> Amen. But I want to talk to you about pretend. Here's the deal: we live in a real world, and you can only pretend so long. See, my dad won't let me jump off his couch anymore. <laughs> he said, "You gotta go get a job, man." <laughs> Say it with me: J O B, and we'll move on. J-O-B. It's not. It's not popular, but I want to talk about it anyways. Are we still okay? We live in the real world. You can pretend. So hey, back to that emoji. Somebody sent me an emoji. I think it was Patrick Myers working the sound booth. He goes, Pastor, I was cutting the grass at north. The gra- you know, when the grass grows up, I, gotta, I either got to cut it or I'll pay somebody to cut it. So I just cut it so I don't have to pay anybody. Does it sound okay? So I'm up there, and he's like, I want to send you something. He goes, it's an emoji of a pregnant guy. That's pretend. He said they developed an emoji. I, I've never, I don't know that I've ever sent an emoji maybe once and it was on accident (laughs) but he sent me this and I go that's not real because I that's not the world that I live in where the world that I live in guys can't get pregnant talk back to me a little bit so we can pretend all day long but somewhere somehow we got to get down to reality and start talking about the facts and these are the facts Verse twenty, and I'm going to ask you to rise. We only got two verses, and we'll be done. And I'll ask uh, if Miss Carol, if she's here, to come forward or Shelby. So I, I had a, a put your finger on this. Just take your finger and just put it on there. And and uh, I used to have a banner right over there, west by you, and it went the whole almost the whole wall. And it was a, Ephesians three twenty. This was life changing for me. A, a pastor turned me onto this scripture, and it changed my life. Pastor Jay, it's about God being able. God being able. God being able, what are you talking about God being able? Able to do what? He's able to do whatever it is you're dealing with, man. Will somebody talk back to me a little bit? Abel, you got all kinds of situations. Summer's here. We're missing some people. These are sticky situations, and there's a lot going on in the dynamic of the family. And here's how the Apostle Paul, and and this is just a starting point. This is a starting point for this summer. It's a place to start. If you pray, you're going to be okay. If you read your Bible, you're going to be okay. If you come to church, you'll be okay. And, and then you might go like this. Well, Pastor, can I just like, Burger, can I just like never come to church again and still grow? Into, I mean, Jesus is still my Lord and my Savior. Here's the deal. If you're not reading your Bible and you're not praying and you're not coming to church, you're never going to grow in Christ. I can't lie to you. Oh, it's okay. Just might come back when VC, come back whenever you feel better. Hey, let me tell you something. You got to wor- get out in the world. You're never going to feel better. They'll take you, they'll, they'll, they'll eat you up. Send your kids out in the world, just let them go. The world will eat them up. Right. Just eat them up, chew them up, spit on And then after the devil spits them out, he'll go on to another family. I mean, and then you come back to me, you come back to me later and you just go, you know what, Billy, we was busy. Here's what I say about being busy. Sometimes it's an acronym for being under Satan's yoke. You'll get it in a minute. We'll we'll just somehow we'll make it. No, you won't. Why stray from Christ? Why go from Christ? I wanted to get out there on Saturday morning just like all you guys, man. But God pinned me back in the chair. He said, man, you need to sit down and shut up for a minute. Amen. Sometimes we just need to sit down and just put a sock in it. And I really didn't want to have to change my message all around because it was inconvenient. I thought I could just go and sit in the chair like I always do, drink a couple cups of coffee and check all the boxes, and I could be out the door, Woo! ready to roll. Uh, not today. There's going to be too many people at this church service that need to hear the truth. You're going to have to get it right, so let me, let me bring it to you. Now to him who is able to do more abundantly than all that we could ask or think according to the power at work within us. So he's able to do even more than we could ever imagine. Lepke, ever. You know what? Somebody came up to me the other day, and I'm not even going. They were talking about our north campus. They said, ain't nobody ever going to come to that church, ever. I don't know why you're wasting your time up there. Why are you wasting your time going to north? ain't nobody gonna come up there you know what it was it was 25 people there. last week we had 180 people at our north campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that all the time that'll ah, never work you just forget about it they said that about this campus that campus this the ride for Rocky <laughs> they ain't never gonna come it's raining. It's sunny. It's it's always some big excuse. It's like armpits. Everybody's got two. Here's the deal. You'll either find a way to do it, or you'll have an excuse for it. I think I'll be be real honest with you. I think God's getting tired of excuses. Everybody's blaming everything. Here's the deal. You need to tell enemy we're not falling into that trap this year. Not this summer. This summer's for me and my family. Bring the house lights down and I'm a, I'm gonna turn it over to Pastor Mark here in just a second. But I got I wanna pray for uh Angie. If your family would just come down here and just sit in the front row, we're not gonna embarrass you. We're just gonna pray for you. And I'm not, you don't have to know all the business. We just want to pray for them. And everybody's got a deal that walks in the church. Bring your whole family down. We'll just sit right there in the front row. I'm not even gonna ask you to come up here. I don't wanna I don't wanna put you under the spotlight. Oh, Jesus. We can't pretend today, Dave. This family up here ain't pretending. I remember being in them same shoes, and I was at the back of a church, a little Baptist church, way up the street. And the preacher said something to me of that effect. I was all the way at the back. If I could have been further in the back, I would have, but it was... I'd have been outside, and I didn't want to probably be there any more than maybe this family wants to be there, or whatever. Well, we can't pretend at this church. We're all gonna end up someplace. You just gotta figure out where you want to be. That's that's. I can't pretend about that. I can't come up here and pretend like we're all going to just like live forever here and and all that. We are going to live forever if you're born again. Amen. If you got all your kids today, you're doing pretty good. I'm just going to pray for you. And then I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Mark to... Uh, Pray for the rest of the families, but I specifically want to pray for Angie, Fritz's family, and her family, and all that they uh, is connected to them. So, Lord, we rally around families that need love. We pray that you comfort Angie and her family for the days ahead. Lord, we know that no one ever expects to lose a loved one, especially a child. But I want them to walk out of this building knowing that this family loves them beyond they could ever imagine. Help us help them through the days ahead. Help them navigate turbulent waters. Help them hang on until it's their turn. And Lord God, I pray today, if there's somebody here today who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, they come to you on a bended knee and accept the free gift of salvation that only Jesus can give. And then I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come up and, uh, and I want him to be praying because I know there's some other families here that are mourning the loss of uh, I know one's a husband I know one's a, a, a granddaughter See guys, your family's not unique Everybody loses people and it's painful And a sister, a mom or a dad. And if that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand, then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Mark and let him pray for you. But I pray today that you stay close to the Lord. Pastor Mark.
1: Father, we just come before you humbly. We ask that you provide us comfort for uh, ourselves, those families that have lost people, for all the trials and tribulations that we face as being followers of you, Lord. We ask that you strengthen us, that you uh, provide us comfort, healing. Use these tragedies, Lord, for good. As you're the only one that's able to make bad in the good. We ask that you strengthen our hearts, Lord, draw us closer to you through these times of adversity, and that you help and remind us that we need to be closer to you, Lord. That as we draw closer to you, you draw closer to us, and we can all find great comfort and satisfaction in the knowing that your word says that all we have to do is reach to you and you'll reach to us we just ask that you uh, offer solace and comfort to these families and those that have lost and we ask this all in Jesus precious and holy name amen